How's it going, y'all? This is Can We Talk About This? I am Libby, and I'm here with Tilly and Amelia. And today we're going to talk about the feminist agenda. Um, I want to give a little disclaimer at the start of this. And this is not a disclaimer for just this podcast. As I was um, studying for this, you know, I kept thinking, like, I don't know everything about this. Like, I don't have all the answers. You know what I mean? And God reminded me that I don't have to know all the answers, that we're coming here to talk about something that um, a lot of you probably have the same questions about. Mm -hmm. And so I don't need the answers. It's just a place for us to come talk. And that's the case for every one of our podcasts. These are topics that people have questioned, have brought up in the past, and um, we're just here to talk about it. Yeah. Well, when I was studying, um, I just, I looked up the definition of femininity because that's really where we're going with this. It's not the feminist mm -hmm. part of it, but what God says about being feminine and being a woman. Yeah. And um, femininity is the qualities or attributes regarding, regarded as characteristics of women or girls. And then I found a couple of articles and things and they were, they were listing couple of the key things that yeah. God um, shows throughout scripture that women are and it was daughter of the king helper or completer sacred vessel of life or handmaiden of wisdom love and, that yeah. yeah I love that it's interesting because I looked up the definitions too I mean we pretty much study the same way um, and I found the definition of feminism or femininity which is the same not feminism, I'm sorry, feminine or femininity, which are the same, to be very vague. Yeah. And then I looked up masculine or masculinity, and again, it means the same thing, right, but for men, for men. Mm -hmm. and I found it to be very vague. And I actually wondered if I went and found a dictionary from 20 years ago or 30 years ago, what it would say. Yeah. yeah. You know, because the thing is, like, now we rely on our dictionaries, at least I do, online. Mm-hmm. And that can be changed, updated, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I, I do wonder what the dictionary, if any of you have an old dictionary, would you look that up and send it to us? Because I would really love to see what that is. Yeah, I, I might be hitting the library to find some old dictionaries <laughs> and check that out. I mm -hmm. wish I had kept them. Um, I also looked at the definition for feminist. Mm -hmm. And it says, an advocate of women's rights um, the on the basis of the equality of the sexes and supporting feminism. But the thing that is interesting to me is I feel like, like these are very generic, very general mm -hmm. definitions, but I think if you were to ask people on the street, I think their input would be much broader, or maybe broader is not the right word, would have some more pointed mm -hmm. <laughs> words. Because what I have found is that Feminism actually, um, to me, seems to attack masculinity. Yeah. And really, if you think about the definition of who a woman is, and especially in the Bible, which we're going to dig into what the Bible says, I believe that feminism should be the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. I believe that feminism should support masculinity in men and should um, honor the traits and characteristics that are um, typical 
not always, but typical of men, Mm -hmm. just like it should support and honor the characteristics that are typical of women. But I feel like it doesn't. I feel like it, it, feminism is trying to change that. Um, so anyway, that was a, you know, an interesting thought to me because the truth is that the sexes were supposed to complement each other. Right. You know, I was thinking about, um, really to look at this, we have to look back at the creation of man and woman to really understand, um, you know, what this is. And so I was looking in, um, do you have the same thing? We have all the same notes. (laughs) We have the same notes. Always. (laughs) I know. It's just, it's how it goes. Oh, but before I jump into that, I do want to say this. I found an article on masculinity. I know we're not talking about this, but I'm going to throw this out there before Mm -hmm. I start digging into Genesis. So this was an article uh, called The Five Pillars. Actually, it's a book, and it was an article written about it. The Five Mm -hmm. Pillars of Biblical Manhood. And it was talking about 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. And it says the five pillars are be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. And really, I feel like that really is for everyone, yes. right? But I thought that was interesting. I love that because that is exactly where the five pillars, that entire mm-hmm. ministry, was where I got these... Uh, the women's attributes. Oh, um, how cool is that? Yeah, I think could be said for those five pillars as well is that what differentiates us between men and women is the way that we apply those. Mm, that's, good. that's good. Yeah, the way that we, how does it look for a woman to stand firm in faith versus a man? How does it look for a woman to um, be courageous versus a man, right? We apply those principles differently because of our design. Talk more about that. Our emotions. Yeah. And how we care, you know, as women, we're generally more emotional. We are more, and that's not a bad thing, but, um, more nurturing, more, you Mm -hmm. know, we caring for children and things like that. Our family, that is very different in how that looks. Yeah. I think, you know, for men, just thinking into like my own life, right? Being courageous looks looks like going out and like my husband does a pretty dangerous job on the daily. Like mm-hmm. he yeah. he could fall and injure himself very badly if he did one wrong step, but he does it because he knows that this is his job was provided by God so that he could provide for our family. Whereas when I'm acting courageous, I don't know. I don't know. I I was watching the first podcast and mm-hmm. you were talking about saying no so that you're yeah. a peacemaker in your own life. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. is the boundary line. That is yeah. courageous, yeah. you know, in itself, and that's very different than. Yeah, I would say that it's. I think for women, it's definitely more home focused and children focused, and um, rather than like going out and doing like my husband does, like going out to work, being courageous and. Uh, whereas I'm holding firm to our boundaries within our home for my mm-hmm. children, I am focused on our kids' lives. I don't yet have kids, but their future lives. Here, yeah. here he is, <laughs> um, and how that'll look for our family, and also protecting my husband in that mm-hmm. as well, and you know, holding him to a higher standard because he needs to be held to that higher standard so that mm-hmm. he can mm-hmm. continue to be how God has created him, you know? Yeah. I'm not lacking in holding him to that standard, you know? That's good. That's great for married couples, but I do want to say, you know, women who don't marry or have children Mm -hmm. also um, 
have femininity yeah. and also have feminine traits. And they are often women who do go out into the world, into the community. Sometimes they do dangerous jobs. Yeah. You know, there are women who are in our military. And I know that's yes. like a whole other train of thought, right? Whole other podcast. Because <laughs> I know some people don't think women should be in the military and some think they should. Mm-hmm. Um, but not regarding that, just in general, right. you know, women who are not married, who do not have children and yet still um, are the epitome of femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think about uh, when I did that teaching on um, Deborah mm. and Barack, and Barack, uh, Deborah was married, but she didn't have children, and yet she was uh, called a mother in Israel, mm-hmm. right? Because she had a lot of those same traits, yes. the traits that, that I see in godly women. And I do want to say that because I think there's a difference yeah, really absolutely. between women who know Jesus and who choose to follow him and women who don't. And I think in godly women, there is this um, not only ability, but a calling to call out what is in people. Mm-hmm. So for moms, we we desire to call out what God has placed in our children. We desire to call out their calling. Mm-hmm. When you're not a mom, that plays out in a different way, right? As a leader, as the people around you, even if you are a mom, plays out with other people. So yeah, I, I believe that, you know, femininity is something that obviously expands to all women, married mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Um, taking a step back to Genesis real quick, um, in Genesis 1, 26, it said, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading that, you know, I, I thought, well, some people may look at that and go, well, who's our? Who is he talking to? Right? He was talking to himself because mm-hmm. God is a three-part being. He is the Father, he is the Son, and he is the Holy Spirit. And yeah. all three of those parts have distinct characteristics. Mm-hmm. And we interact with each part of God in a different way, or he interacts with us in a different way. And he said he was going to make man, not man male, but man human. Mm -hmm. Okay, And I think that's a really important point. He was making people in his likeness, right? So when God first created man, Man had all of the attributes generally, right? Of course, man was not just like God. God was not, I mean, man was not omniscient or omnipotent, Mm -hmm. but he was made with a lot of the characteristics of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then, oh yeah, I want to say where it says God created man um, like him, both feminine and masculine, right? Because it says God created uh, man and woman. He created man, both. Then he created the woman in Genesis 2, 20 and 21. And it says that no um, helper was found for Mm -hmm. Adam. And so God made woman. He took out Adam's rib and he made a woman. That word for helper is azer. Ezer, E-Z-E-R, however you pronounce it. Ezer. I've heard it pronounced several different ways. Ah, Ezra. (laughs) Ezra is the baby's name. Anyway, that word was also used when talking about God, the Father. It was also used in explaining the answer to a problem. So woman was created, you know, we see that word helper and we think servant, right? We see the word helper and we think, oh, we're just here to do the bidding Mm -hmm. of our husband. But that word helper is actually an answer to a problem 
and means one who rescues. And you said another definition of it, Tilly, that I liked when you were giving those attributes. Oh. Um, the last one you said. Helper or completer. Yeah, completer. So in Genesis 2.18, if we go back, it said, Now the Lord God said it was not good or beneficial for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper. And then in the brackets it says, One who balances him, a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him. And that, I, I loved that so much. And, and my note from this scripture is, woman was fashioned out of man just as man was fashioned out of God. And that was supposed to mimic, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's where we get into the marriage and the intimate relationship um, and what that is, which is also another podcast. And yes. Like, <laughs> um, but I just thought how profound mm-hmm. as I was reading through this, like, wow. Yeah. Just wow, God. And woman was created to come alongside of man, yes. right? Right, not not mm-hmm. be under his feet, not be over his head, but to come alongside him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a companion. Yeah, yeah. Something I was thinking. So you know, when that first at when Adam was first made, he had all you know those attributes and characteristics of God. But when God separated. Because that's really what happened, right? It was it was like God took this person and made two people out of it. Mm-hmm. Because he literally took a piece of Adam mm-hmm. out and made the woman from that piece of Adam. Right. And so when he made that, it, it makes sense that some characteristics would have gone with Adam and some would have gone with Eve when he created them. At least in my brain it does. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that and I thought, you know, men, like what are the differences? If we're just thinking... In the natural, right? In in how we interact. What are the differences between what a man brings to the table and what a woman brings to the table? And I was thinking men often bring a strength. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like a brute strength. Yeah. And it's not to say that women aren't strong. Women are strong. Mm-hmm. But there is something different. It's the thing that really attracted me to my husband when I first met him. It's this quiet strength. He's not, um, you know, bodybuilder strong. He's not brute strength strong. There is an inner strength in my husband. There, it's a, a firm foundation just as God is. That's good. He is reliable and you could see that on him. Mm -hmm. His spirit was reliable when you approached him, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other hand, women, I think, bring a light. These are the two yeah. things that I thought about. Women bring a light. And again, it's not a you know physical light, like there's a light beaming out of my eyes. <laughs> but it's an internal light that we bring into a situation. Uh, masculinity is not harsh. And I think that's part of the problem is it has, um, I know we're not talking about that, but I'm talking about it. Um, it has been given a bad rap. It's not harsh. Yeah. And femininity is not weak. Right. And that's the other thing. You know, I feel like women have been led to believe that if we're feminine, we're weak. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, which I don't have any notes on, but it just came to my mind, the opposite side of that is it's like we're either weak or we're a sexual object. Yeah. That that's what femininity brings. And I don't think it brings either one of those <laughs> no. things. So in First um, Peter 3, y'all should just go read that because there's a lot of great scripture in the beginning of this but um, it talks about wives and husbands and in verse 7 
going off of what you were talking about, that the, the strength that a husband brings, right, or mm-hmm. uh, the masculine brings. In the same way, you husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, with great gentleness and tact, and with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship, as with someone physically weaker, since she is woman. Show her honor and respect as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. And so, you know, the Bible does call out that we are physically, typically physically weaker than mm-hmm. man, and that's not a bad thing. Right. You know, um, but the world tells us that it is. Yeah. Right, <laughs> it does. And that's, it's funny, because those were my next notes in here, is that, you know, the worldly approach shows femininity, femininity, wow, why this word, <laughs> as weak and masculinity as harsh. But we um, have to look at women and um, femininity through the filter of the Bible, yes. right? Or the, you know, the filter or the screen or whatever you want to call that of the Bible, yes. the frame of it. And one of the things I think is important to note, because sometimes if you don't really understand the Bible and you go to read it, you're like, wow, the Bible oppresses women. No, the Bible doesn't oppress women. The Bible, the the time period that these writings were done in was a time period when women were oppressed. But if you look at women in the Bible, you see that God honored women, and mm-hmm. so did Jesus in his earthly ministry. Yeah. There were women in position. Yeah. There were women who financially supported Jesus's ministry. There were women who led churches in their home. There were women who were prophetesses. So it, it does not oppress, but yes, you do see the oppression of women in mm-hmm. the context mm-hmm. um, within the Bible. Yeah. Um, and then something that stood out to me too was in Genesis three sixteen. This is after the fall, so we know that like Eve first took a bite of the apple, gave it to Adam. He took a bite. They both sinned. They brought sin into the world together. And each person involved in that situation, there is a curse that was th- that we then see in the Bible that was over them. So the enemy and then man and woman. So um, Genesis 3.16 says, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children in anguish. Your desire will be for your husband and he will dominate you. And I think people read that and go, that's God's plan. That's not God's plan. That's the curse that happened after the fall. That is the whole reason Jesus had to come. Not because, you know, it says that men will dominate women, but because of the fall, right? That's why Jesus had to come. So that is not God's plan. Um, Again, like that whole thing is part of the curse. That's not God's plan for how he made uh, men and women. And I think it brings up the whole topic of submission. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not what this is about, but I do feel like they're closely tied. Yes, they are. I want to say the desire for her husband, why that's a curse is because our focus is on our husband rather than God. We're yes. supposed to decide yes. God. You know, we are we are longing and striving for a closeness to God. Whereas, you know, and it's it's you can see this curse today when yeah. when we talk about like middle school girls being boy crazy. That's what that is. It's the curse of their desire being for a husband rather than for God. Wow, that's deep. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, first Peter three, one through six in the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands, subordinate, not as inferior, but out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to husbands and their accountability to God 
and so partnering with them so that even if some do not obey the word of God, they may be won over to Christ without discussion by the godly lives of their wives. Um, and I just that word submissive is such a touchy subject mm-hmm. for so many people, but that's, it doesn't mean to be submissive and just do whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, subordinate not as inferior but out of respect yes and you know being a helper and a a partner with each other um complimenting each other not one ruling over the other yeah kind of way a quote that i heard that really has just stuck out to me was um i don't i don't actually remember who said this so sorry but (laughs) it was that um I submit to my husband because my husband is worthy of being submitted to mm-hmm. because he's submitted himself to the Lord and he is following God's plan. He is protecting my family, which includes me, and he right. wants what's best for me and for our family. And that's why I submit to my husband because he has a good plan that is following the Lord's plan for us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I was looking at a similar um, topic. Mm-hmm. Tilly, you know, from the scripture that you just shared, but it's in Ephesians 5. Mm-hmm. And um, Ephesians 5, I, I love this because it's talking about, you know, us being uh, imitators of God. It's talking about um, our interaction with each other as Christians. Mm-hmm. And it talks about how we should encourage one another as Christians, how we should give thanks always to um, God for everything. And then it says in this same section, right, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So this is just talking about generally just Christians Mm -hmm. submitting to one another. But we don't get all in an uproar over that, right? Right. We don't freak out and go, oh, my God, how dare you tell me to submit to another Christian, right? So I want to talk about what that word means. Mm -hmm. That word submitting uh, is the word hupotasso. H-U-P-O-T-A-S-S-O. And it is um, a word that has military connotation. Okay, mm-hmm. um, It's fighting for, guarding, protecting, and defending. So it, it is, like when I think about that, I think of spiritually, right? If I am um, submitting to my husband, I am taking him to God. I am praying and asking. Literally, the prayer that I pray for my husband every day, I pray over him, but I also pray that God would help me to serve my husband. Yeah. Um, And that, you know, we would love each other deeply because that love covers a multitude of sin. Mm -hmm. That, um, you know, God will show me how to love my husband um, the way that he loves my husband, right? Um, I, I do battle for my husband. Um, And then it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For um, the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. That word head is source. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, we think of that as this, it goes back to that whole dominating word. We think of it as this dominating thing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It is a, the woman is coming alongside of the man. And do we, do we come alongside of each other, right? Because the Bible says right here that as Christians, we're supposed to submit to one another. And I wrote down a couple things about that word submission. 
but I need to find where I put it. Oh, it's uh, yielding. Yielding to one's admonition or advice, right? I have no problem yielding. Well, I, once upon a time, I did have a problem yielding to my husband's admonition or advice. Um, but I learned that I can trust my husband. And that's what you were saying, mm -hmm. Amelia, that he's worthy of that kind of trust. Yeah. As my husband is. Unfortunately, I was like a really strong-headed person. <laughs> yeah. Not strong in a good way, but strong-headed. Mm -hmm. and, and it had to be my way. And so I, I didn't want to yield to the advice of my husband. And sometimes my husband does actually need to yield to my advice as well. I mean, yeah. that, that's a thing. It's a submit to one another because, you know, God speaks to both man and woman. Yep. Um, and that should never be lorded over each other, ever. Um, but I, I made a note that, you know, that whole yielding um, to the admonition or advice, if you're going to join yourself to a man for the rest of your life, he had better be worthy mm -hmm. of yielding yourself to. And if he's not, why are you joining yourself to him for the rest of your If you can't trust him enough to submit within that marriage, why would you marry him? Right? Like, that's what I, I don't understand. So it should not be this huge controversial thing. Yeah. I want to talk about how feminism is, like, the movement of feminism is that we should be seen as perfect equals, whereas we deserve to be treated as equals, mm -hmm. but we don't have this the equal purpose or design, right? The Bible says that a man leaves... His mother and father he leaves mm -hmm. their home he leaves their covering because he is his own he becomes his own covering he he does those things for mm -hmm. himself yeah but it states that women stay under the covering of their fathers and their fathers continue to uh, care for them and cover them with what they need you know and I of course it's Mark Driscoll but <laughs> he's my favorite but um, I just saw a clip from one of his recent teachings about this and he was stating how he raised his daughters to be strong, but he did not raise them to be independent because they depended on him still. His sons were raised to be independent and strong, but his daughters were not raised to be independent. And I, I, was, I was raised to be strong, right? And because of my strength, I do believe that I'm able to be independent if I need to be, but I wasn't raised to be an independent person, right? I was raised under the covering of my father. My my father provided for me all the way through until I got married because then it became my husband's job to provide for me. And that shift changed. Did that I was hard. That, right? that shift changed. That <laughs> situation shifted, changed, whatever. Yeah. But that, and that was a hard, I'm sitting here just tearing up thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was hard, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard for a parent to let go yeah. Of their, their child in that way and to hand that over because we know, right, that we are going to guard you and yeah. protect you. And it is a scary thing to hand your child over. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at her. She cracked me up. It is a scary thing to hand your, your child over to the covering of someone else. And this is something, I'm going way off topic right now, but I can't help it because when you brought this up, it made yeah. me think of it. I don't I, think it is off topic though. Like, well, you you're say, right. You're right. Like, I know. Is, we're talking it's about whatever. All the we're just yeah. talking. We talk about whatever we want. Right. So. <laughs> we do what we want. Gosh. Um, but I'm thinking about your brother, right? Mm -hmm. 
and and as mom, right, her her younger brother is my baby. Yeah. And so I want to guard my baby, right? And your dad understands the difference yeah. between raising a daughter and raising a son. And and his goal is mm-hmm. that. His my husband's goal is to raise his boys to be men yeah. who cover their families. Yes. But his goal with his daughter was to protect her to and guard her. It's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. And I did not grow up in an environment that taught me that. Mm-hmm. And so that was a hard thing for me to learn and to wrap my brain around. Yeah. And I still don't have my brain wrapped around it because I still want to protect my youngest son. <laughs> Um, even from my husband at times, like you're being too hard on him. And my husband's like, oh my gosh, quit babying him. Yeah. Right? Quit babying him. He's a man. It's hard for me to see him that way. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting dynamic. So anyway, I just thought I would. I was looking at, you know, where do we find femininity in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Where do we find those traits of women, of mm-hmm. being feminine? And I mean, we can, like I had said before, we can look at the women in the Bible, but we do need to understand the context when we do that. We need to understand that God is not saying, you know, women are not valued. He's not saying that at all. So what I what I did is I thought, well, where do most people look at what a woman should be? Most mm-hmm. people go to Proverbs 31, right? Yeah. And so I went to look there. And I know, you know, probably you have it written down too. You crack me up. Proverbs 31 um, is thought to be, this is not fact, Mm -hmm. but many theologians believe that Bathsheba wrote it for Solomon when he was preparing to marry the Pharaoh's daughter, which I imagine was probably freaking Bathsheba out. (laughs) She's probably like, oh my gosh, what are we doing right now? This cannot be happening. Um, But she's basically advising her son regarding the kind of wife um, that he should be seeking, right? And it starts, let me go back there, I have it marked. It starts with um, in verse Who can find a capable, my, this version, the HCSB says capable, most other versions say virtuous wife or woman. And then it goes on to talk about she's far more precious than rubies, etc. But that word virtuous is chayil or kayil, depending on how you pronounce it, I don't know, it's C-H-A-Y-I-L. And that word means strength, efficiency, wealth, and army. So it pulls back in that whole military connotation, yeah. right? Um, someone who will fight for you. It is my responsibility to take my husband before the Lord and fight for him spiritually. Mm-hmm. I do have to be strong to do that. I can't be weak and laying on the floor when I, every time something goes wrong, which I've done before, no lie. But you know, <laughs> that I need to get to a place where I am strong enough spiritually to be able to fight for my husband. Yeah. But when we look at this woman, right, what we see of her is that she's working, she's making financial decisions, mm-hmm. she's bringing in a profit, she helps people in need, she is not afraid. She um, is an entrepreneur. She is strong and honorable. She laughs. I love that because I love to laugh. <laughs> um, she is wise and she gives instruction to others. Mm-hmm. She's a leader and she fears the Lord. I know that in the past, Proverbs 31 has been something that has caused women to feel bad about themselves. Mm-hmm. And what I want to say as I'm talking about this portion of scripture is that this is not exactly what you have to be. 
just because it, this is yeah. who she was, this is a picture of virtues that women should have. It doesn't mean you have to have all of them. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to... It's like a guide. Right. It's These are things that are virtuous in women, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to pull a profit. You don't have to build things with your hands, right? Mm-hmm. These are all things that virtuous women can do and who they can be. And I think that is important. What we see that's the same is that, like, when we look at the whole list, what she's not is weak. Yeah. Right? She's not weak. What she's not is afraid. What she is is strong. And all of these things that it talks about in Proverbs 31 give us that understanding and that indication. Mm-hmm. I really liked uh, 31.17. She equips herself with strength, spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task, and makes her arms strong. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's literally flourish. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's in every area she is submitted for her God-given tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's for her God-given tasks, right? right? Right. Because some women, their God-given task is that they don't marry, they don't have children, yeah. they are called to do something else. And it is the God-given task, right? What is the God-given task? It. I'm not going to sit here and tell you your God-given task as a woman is this thing. Because I can't. Right? right? That's from God, and he knows what that is. And you likely know, too. Because God has probably been, you know, stirring that thing around in you your entire life. Mm -hmm. Preparing it for you. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Preparing you for it. Right. (laughs) I also, uh, verse 26, she opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue, giving counsel and instruction. Godly wisdom means she's also, she's close to the Lord, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. above all things. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that last line. She, well, it's not the last line, but um, she fears the Lord, right? Yeah. A woman who fears the Lord yeah. will be praised. And I do love that in all of this description of her. In verse 23, it says, her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. Mm -hmm. It's making a statement about who they are together as well, Mm -hmm. you know, and she supports that. I think about that like with my husband and his career, you know, I can honestly say that I have encouraged my husband in his career. I have spoken over him and to him, not just in my prayer between me and God, but to my husband about who I see him as, yeah. you know, and, and I believe that has had an effect on him and in his own career, mm-hmm. that I have helped him to believe that he can achieve things that maybe he wouldn't otherwise have believed he could right. achieve. Yeah. And that we should do that for each other. My husband does the same for me. He believes in me, you know enough to support and and even push um, when I need that push, mm-hmm. right? And, and vice versa. I think um, going back to like feminism itself and like that movement, a lot of the time, I don't know if we mentioned this already or not, but it is attacking men. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. don't, we don't like masculine men, right? But I think like, yes, you did say this before. It's not, they're attacking the harshness that men can have the quality of but true masculinity when we look into the word is 
the traits that Jesus had. Yeah. And it's also not the hippie love everyone Jesus that people say he is. Mm-hmm. It is when we look at Jesus and his ministry, what he stood for, who he was, it is a firm foundation mm-hmm. type of masculinity. Yes, and it's good. it's beautiful because he did love people through it. You know, he was gentle with people like the woman at the well. He was gentle, but he was saying harsh stuff. You know what I mean? Like he did it in a way that was so kind and loving toward her and it woke her up. You know, she was like, I got to go back and tell all these people, you know, yeah, this is crazy. This is not who I was expecting, you know, because people do, they, they say that God is so harsh. He gives us all these rules and Jesus was just a love hippie, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. just chilling out. But it's not, you know, Jesus did flip tables. He he yeah. was angry. He showed anger. Yeah. But he also showed gentleness and kindness and love throughout every aspect of everything. And he, he took on the weight of our sin, right? That is what a man looks like. Mm-hmm. That's what a man should be and who we should be raising men to be and encouraging men to be because when we approach them with a guilty until proven innocent type of attitude, they're not going to be that. When we're coming at them with a Jezebel spirit, they're going to become Ahabs and it's not what we want for, we don't want that for men. We want men to be Elijah's, right? Right. Being the sacred vessel of life, you know, God could have chose any way to get Jesus here. He could have done anything, Mm -hmm. but he chose women. Right. That's good. Right. Femininity. Yes. He chose soft femininity to bring the savior of the world. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about um, how nurturing is a big part of who women are. And mm-hmm. men are nurturers too, but it is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's a different nurturing or even how that presents itself. Like you were saying before, yeah. you know, it, it's how that, how we interact in that way. And um, it made me think about Mary, like when you're talking about, you know, God choosing to bring Jesus into the world through a woman. I thought about that and I thought, you know, it's interesting to me when I think the whole story about Jesus and his birth and like the angel going to Mary and telling her you're going to have a child. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, yeah, like that's weird. How's that going to happen? Right. Because I've <laughs> never been with a man. And she's engaged to Joseph. Yeah. God tells her, you know, the angel tells her, well, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and you will be with child. And her response to him was, be it unto me as you have said. And I think, you know, God used this to show me something about my interaction with my own husband. Because like I said before, I was like that bullheaded woman and I wanted things my way. And if God, if I felt God told me something, it was just going to be, and I really didn't care what anybody else said about it, mm-hmm. right? And so I believed that God had called me into ministry. And I remember one time, um, telling the story on my husband right now, but we had, um, <laughs> we were having just a general conversation about something. We were somewhere on vacation, staying in some hotel that was like a little suite and it had a little kitchenette. And I said, see, I could totally live in a place like this. I said, maybe, you know, when we're older, and I'm going around teaching and preaching, uh, you'll come with me and we'll just travel from place to place and, you know, enjoy that. And he was like, Psh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not traveling with you. 
And I was so offended, y'all. It's hilarious. I was sharing that story. We were at a Joyce Meyer conference, um, a bunch of my girlfriends and I, and I was sharing that story and kind of laughing about it. And later, a woman said to me alone in private who had heard me share that story that I couldn't be in ministry because my husband didn't support me. And it kind of devastated me. And I was um, really confused because I was already in ministry, right? And I was like, wow, God, like, am I not supposed to be in ministry? And God spoke to my heart that night and told me to read the story of the birth of Jesus. And I was like, okay. So I read it and I'm like, yeah, okay. That was great. Thanks for having me read that. <laughs> what the heck does that have to do with anything? And he had me read it again. And I saw Mary saying to the angel, be it unto me as you have said. But what I didn't see was Mary run to Joseph and say, God told me I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it, whether you like it or not. Nor did I see her go to Joseph and say, may I have your permission to do what God has called me to do. She didn't do either one of those. Mm -hmm. What did she do? She simply said, yes, God, I will do what you call me to do. Mm -hmm. And then she waited. She waited for God mm -hmm. to send an angel to Joseph like he did with her. Yeah. And then Joseph heard directly from God. And the crazy thing is that that same thing happened years later. I don't know how many years, probably seven years, eight years, maybe later after that conversation with my husband, he's the one who came to me and told me he thinks it's time for me to start a ministry, right? Because the ministry I was in during that original conversation was, I was a worship leader. Now, call tomorrow is this ministry. And it's the ministry my husband told me it was time to start. Mm -hmm. Like all I had to do was say yes to God and be patient yeah. and let him do what he was going to do and work it out in his time. And I think, and I'm saying all of this to say that I think that has a lot to do with the idea of how femininity and masculinity work together mm -hmm. in a marriage, right? And I'm speaking in the context of marriage right now, is that we as women don't have to push we lean on God. We trust in God. And it's the same for a husband who also should be leaning on God and trusting in God. And God brings us to the same place in our desires, in um, what we're seeking, what we're praying for. Um, he speaks to us individually. I've seen him do it time and time again. You cannot convince me that God does not do that yeah. within relationships. And really, I believe that does carry over into work relationships. When men and women work together mm -hmm. and lead together, if we continue to go back to God in every situation and trust him and not try to force our way in, yeah, you know, and I think that might be kind of what feminism really is women trying to force their way yeah to position women trying like you said you know women want equality we are equal in value mm -hmm. but we are not equal in build yeah in We're design not, right We're not design. designed yes. to do the exact same things and that would be such a like a cheap version mm -hmm. you know if we're not doing what we have been designed to do and we're trying to do what men were designed to do, mm -hmm. like we're cheating ourselves and the people around us that are yeah. in our lives. Right. I think um, something that I something I wrote down random random 
note is that you can be athletic and be feminine. And you can also be empathetic and be masculine. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's random. I think that's very applicable. Well, I mean, it's not like, you know, <laughs> it's just a little statement it's by not itself. With else. Yeah, it's yeah. just a little lone statement. Yeah. yeah. That you can be. Because I think sometimes women who are more athletic feel like, well, then I'm not feminine. No, that's not true. You yeah. can totally be athletic mm-hmm. and be feminine. Right. Yeah. It's not about your visual. Right. It's about your inner mm-hmm. character and person yes. and how yeah. that has designed you. Right. Yeah. And yeah. even, you know, women, there are women who enjoy hunting and mm-hmm. fishing and, you know, things that we typically think are men. Yeah. Um pastimes or whatever there's nothing wrong with that you can you can love those things and still be feminine because of what you just said Tilly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's not about you know that outward part of it it's us walking out who we've been created to be yeah and I do firmly believe that women are nurturers yes we are just it's who we are made to be and I think there are some women who would look at themselves and say I'm no I'm not a nurturer I, you know, I've never um, had children. I don't, I'm telling you, if you step back and look at your life for a minute and how you interact with other people, right. I think you'll find that you actually do you, are. Mm-hmm. Do you love and care for other people? It's, it doesn't have to be children. Right. You, know, you don't have to have children to be feminine. It's um, how you love and care about your family, about your friends, about mm-hmm. your church family, all mm-hmm. of those things, about your animals. Those, those are right. all nurturing aspects and and characteristics it's not yeah um, mm-hmm. just with children and we can nurture things too right? yes yeah. yeah like plants mm-hmm. literally yeah yes. gardening <laughs> and yeah. also ourselves like do yeah. you take the time for self-care like are you resting in your mm-hmm. everyday life and you know focused on preparing yourself for the day ahead you know yeah like being gentle to yourself as well. I love that the first thing she said after she said self-care was resting. Because yeah. <laughs> we a lot of times think, oh, that self-care is, you know, getting my, my heart in. Yeah, right. Getting a pedicure. Getting, yeah. no, how about just taking like, a nap? I'm going to go sit on the couch. Right. But, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the world says that, you know, we have to go, 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 and we're multitasking all the time and mm-hmm. doing everything, and that's how we're productive. And we just... We literally, I just read an article yesterday, we cut out rest in order to be more productive and do those things, mm-hmm. but in turn, we're turning ourselves into our own God and being idolaters. Yeah. Yes. Fact, um, because, you know, we're, we're becoming less needy, except we were designed to be needy. We mm-hmm. were designed to need rest. And yeah, it, it was a specific design on God's part, because God's not taking a nap, right. you know? He doesn't <laughs> need to sleep, right? But he designed... For humans to need a lot of sleep. Right. He was like, y'all need to be humbled and this is how. <laughs> Not as much as dogs, though. <laughs> or cats. Yeah, we do need, because how are we supposed to serve, continually serve our communities if we're not resting? Right. Yeah. Our, our families, our friends, how are we supposed to do all of these things that we feel we're called to do if we don't sit down for a second and... Yeah recharge right it's not going to help our purpose in any way yeah i want to circle back around to talking about serving Mm -hmm. and men and women serving each other Mm -hmm. because i was thinking when you were talking about serving our community i was thinking about how like um i remember seeing these old books from school from the 1950s uh saw them online or something but they were um 
giving like advice to women to girls in high school about how to be a good wife and it was like you know fix yourself up and look pretty before he comes home and have your slip have his slippers ready for him when he comes in and you know and and people make fun of that online all the time which i mean yeah it's humorous but i do want to say that that's also smart okay mm-hmm. and and people are probably going to hear this and go oh okay I'm just telling you, we should serve each other. Yeah. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He washed the feet of his disciples. Mm-hmm. He served people. And he called us as Christians to serve others. To serve other Christians, to serve the people around us who are in need. And if we can't do that at home, how do we expect to be able to do that anywhere else? Yeah. If I can't serve my husband... My husband's love language is acts of service. Mm-hmm. And if I can't be aware of that and do those things for him, like he always jokes that, you know, I'm never sexier than when I'm cleaning. Like he loves it. <laughs> he loves a clean house. He does. And so if, if I'm cleaning something, that to him is an act of service to him. Yeah. And like I know I'm a, I'm a piler, a stacker, right? <laughs> so I have my desk will have stacks of things. And my desk is right out in the open. And that will drive him crazy. So I will see that and I'll think, I know this is bugging him. And I will go and clean my desk. Not for me, for him. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing wrong with that. In fact, that is honorable. Mm -hmm. It is service to my husband because I know that makes him happy. And he does the same for me. He does things for me that he knows make me happy. Like food. Okay. He knows (laughs) food is going to make this girl happy. We're going to get her some food. Right? It, it's what we should do for each other, not only as men and women, but as just people, as Christians. There's nothing wrong yeah. mm-hmm. with serving each other. Yeah. It's a good thing. It is good. Mm-hmm. And your friends, how, you, how do you serve them, right? I know in some of my friendships, I mean, my best friend, I don't talk to her unless I see her, you know? And luckily, that works for both of us. I, I don't feel like I need more than that, and she doesn't feel like she needs more than that, but we both agree, like, you are my best friend, and I appreciate your friendship. I'm close to you, right? But other friendships that I've had in the past, I would take the time to reach out to them every day because that's what they needed for friendship, you know? And it's it's not about me and how I need to be treated. It's about how, how do they need to be treated, right? How do they feel like I am being a good friend to them because I want to be a good friend to them, you know? God, thank you so much for um, this conversation, for how you lead us, how you take us to uh, what we need to see in your word. God, we're grateful. We're grateful that we can do this. We don't take that lightly. Lord, we thank you for giving us the freedom and the ability to come together and talk about your word, for giving us the freedom and the ability to hold a Bible in our hands What a gift that is. God, I just pray for everyone who um, has watched this or will watch this, that you would speak to their heart specifically in an area that they need um, and that you would draw them. Your Holy Spirit would draw them into you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.